1: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Rodgers in
0: trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in? Him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win! Pressure, pass is picked off.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Packs What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined, as always, by Perry Goldstein. And, you know, unfortunately for us, Perry, there was absolutely nothing that happened this week in the NFL. So I'd, we're going to really kind of be like scratching the bottom of the barrel there to find
0: some content for this week's show. I know. I have no idea what we're about to talk about. I think feel like we had to get really creative this week with like agenda topics so let's just see what we <laughs> joke about it <laughs> let's see what we can come up with maggie yeah um for those of you
1: living under a rock maybe not you know as a fluent in social media didn't catch a lot of the news that was breaking earlier this week tuesday was a pretty big day around the nfl and wednesday was you know kind of Honestly, just as much of a surprise, I think. So the big news, of course, for Packers fans is that Aaron Rodgers will be returning to Green Bay for the 2022 season. Um, The details of that contract and for how long he will be a Packer still kind of questionable. Mm -hmm. Initially, Ian Rapoport reported that it was a four year deal worth two hundred million dollars. Pat McAfee had disputed that, and then Aaron Rodgers came on to Twitter to say that the contract details are not official yet. But Perry, let's let's just start there before we before we digest everything else that happened. Aaron Rodgers, a Green Bay Packer, an unprecedented 18th season for the 2022 year.
0: I never thought that there was going to be any different outcome, so I'm just glad that it's like finally put to rest because. There was like all this speculation for so long about where is he going to get traded to, and what's he going? What are the Packers going to do if he retires? And the entire time I'm sitting here like he's just going to come back to the Packers, and it's going to be the boring option that nobody wants to talk about. So I'm glad that that's done. And I think most importantly now, I'm glad that we'll get the cap information and the the deal information, contract details, whatever those look like at some point. But I think more importantly now the Packers can start to build their roster knowing who their quarterback is. And that everything was, I think, hinging upon this decision. And now that this decision is done, now they can get to work for the 2022 season.
1: Yeah, and I mean, we had said for weeks, Aaron Rodgers has to be your first domino. The Packers were kind of hamstrung in that regard, where until they knew what was happening with the quarterback – There wasn't a whole lot that they could do, but everything kind of led up to this, right? All the restructurings, David Bakhtiari, Kenny Clark, Aaron Jones, all of those little pieces, Tom Clemens coming back to be quarterback coach, the way that, you know, Goody and Matt Lafleur were talking at the combine, even, you know, kind of what the media was reporting from other head coaches and other front offices. This was it. I mean, we we knew it, you know, betting lines maybe changed the last couple of days for a little bit of intrigue, but Aaron Rodgers was always going to come back. For the 2022 season in Green Bay or retire. I really didn't see a world where he was going to go elsewhere. So now that that domino has fallen, we also got a little bit of news about number 17. Um, I know you've talked on this very show about the franchise tag before, but Devonte Adams franchise tagged by the Packers. First time the Packers have used the franchise tag since 2010 when they tagged Ryan Pickett. So. Uh, kind of another another foregone conclusion, something we thought would happen that did end up happening.
0: Yeah, I think, like, this is interesting because I'm a really big um, naysayer on the franchise tag. I don't like it, and I don't like – I just – I find it to be that it's become, like, a very disrespectful tool on certain players, like, depending on who you use it with. And I thought – I always said, like, if the Packers use the franchise tag on Devontae Adams – it's going to have to be that it buys them time for a long-term deal. So that is like the only possibility or potential like pathway that I find that I feel like this is acceptable Is if in like six months from now or at the start of the the season, you know, this leads to a long-term deal and it keeps Devontae Adams in Green Bay for like probably the remainder of his career. Um, I just don't, I really hope that this isn't just, we have to, we're going to franchise tag you so you don't hit free agency. And like, we'll figure out next year. I just really hope that's not the case.
1: Yeah, it definitely seems like, you know, and Aaron Rodgers had said himself that this was going to be a cap friendly deal. And you know, that doesn't really seem like something that he would do or that the Packers would do if it wasn't another opportunity for this team to go all in. So definitely feels like they're moving as much money around as they can to potentially make something work with Devante. Um, Kind of a big week for wide receivers. Mike Williams, you know, was one of those first pieces to fall as far as the wide receiver market, a three-year contract for $60 million, so $20 million a year, which if you're Devonte Adams, obviously you've got to be licking your chops at that because you know what then that does for your value, which of course makes a lot of this contract negotiating even harder now for the Packers front office. For sure. For sure. Other news this week, pretty much right after the Aaron Rodgers news dropped and the Devontae news dropped, was that the Denver Broncos were trading for Russell Wilson with the Seattle Seahawks. Gave up, you know, a couple players, a ton of picks, and got likely their next quarterback for the next five, ten years if
0: if things go according to Russell Wilson's plan. When I saw this happen – I had to do a double take to make sure that the person tweeting it wasn't some, like, fake account. Because you know how sometimes people make, like, funny accounts and you think that there's big news and you look at the actual handle and you're like, oh, that's not actually Adam (laughs) Chapter." Like, I had to do a double take because maybe it was, like, just the timing of it that I found so crazy because... Rodgers had just dropped his news and you know that the Broncos were somewhat in on like trying to get Aaron Rodgers, regardless of if the Packers were answering their calls or not. So the fact that this happened makes me, and there's been said it had nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers decision. I don't think that that's necessarily true, but I'm sure that the Broncos had this like backup plan with the Seahawks in place already. And then they said, okay, this is what, this is what we're going to do. And I think that this is just a horrible decision by the Seahawks. Um, I think I could talk about this for a long time. (laughs) This is just like the Broncos won this by a mile, even though they gave up like a decent haul picks wise. I mean, all they need is quarterback. Broncos just became, yes, they're in a really tough division. Yes, they have to face Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Derek Carr. And yes, all those things are true. But they just be able, sorry, they just became able to compete. In that division with all the skilled players that they have and like a pretty young, exciting defense. And now Seattle is in a total rebuild with no quarterback in a year that is devoid of quarterback talent and with a 70 year old head coach who who know is kind of living in like the non-progressive ages of the NFL and they're like shopping out everyone. They got rid of Bobby Wagner. Like what are what is Tyler Lockett going to do? What is DK Metcalf going to do? Why would the two of them want to stay in Seattle with no quarterback? There's just all these questions now around Seattle in the toughest division in the NFC. It's just, it's a hot mess. And I think the Broncos won this by a mile and I'm super pumped for Nathaniel Hackett.
1: Yeah, that's the point I wanted to make too with Nathaniel Hackett. Imagine being, you know, it's your first time being an NFL head coach and you go from thinking you're starting with Drew Locke to being handed Russell Wilson, who's gone to two Super Bowls, won a Super Bowl. And you can argue that, you know, maybe he declined the last year or so, but he's a serviceable quarterback arguably a top 10 quarterback, you know, still in the league, even though last year was kind of a down year guys like KJ Hamler and court Cortland Sutton, the things that Nathaniel Hackett will be able to do with this offense Harry now.
0: Judy?
1: Yeah. I mean the, just the, the playbook has completely opened up compared to what Hackett could have done with drew lock or, you know, whoever else maybe was the acquired quarterback.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like, yes, you gave up Shelby Harris. Okay aging defensive player you gave up Noah Fant, which is arguably you know I think the best player that the Seahawks are getting but it's a tight end you can fill in the hole at tight end and you're getting rid of Drew Locke who the Broncos obviously don't think is it so like I don't know why Seattle does it's just um it's a really good deal for Denver it's a really good deal for Denver now obviously I don't think Russell Wilson is like a long-term solution right he's still in his mid-30s but it does give the Broncos time to scout out, you know, whoever is going to be next. What I want to ask you, because I've been thinking about this a lot, is I feel like the Seattle and the Green Bay um, paths have been like somewhat paralleled. Seattle's just been a couple years behind, right? Star quarterback led them to a Super Bowl. Older coach relationship is not going that well. But in one scenario, the franchise chose their quarterback. And in one scenario, the franchise chose their coach. And I think, in my mind, Green Bay did the right thing. They switched it up. Maybe we didn't love the way McCarthy went out, but they switched it up. They brought in Matt LaFleur, who has completely revolutionized their entire offense, locker room, everything. And they got pretty criticized for it. And in the other, on the other hand, now all of a sudden, the Seahawks have with, stuck with Schneider and Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson's out. And this isn't like me being a homer. I'm like looking, I I, I think I purposefully explained the situation without names at the beginning, because you look at these two situations, I actually think the Packers did the right thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, it. even with, You know, and and this opens up a whole different can of worms if you're talking about the way that Aaron Rodgers maybe played in 2018, 2019. But, you know, sticking with the quarterback, I know was was a decision that some people didn't like. You know, McCarthy had won a Super Bowl. He was a very good head coach for a very long time in Green Bay. But I do think that, you know, when you have the roster to support, you know, a head coach, it makes those growing pains a little bit easier. I think – And that's, I guess that's kind of an interesting question then. It's like a chicken and the egg thing. Is it easier to replace an NFL head coach or a quarterback? And I guess that, you know, I guess that kind of is your question because I think that that means a lot. I don't think Pete Carroll wants to stay in Seattle for much longer anyway. So it seems kind of weird to mortgage your future. to to appease somebody that maybe is going to be with the organization a couple more years. Like, does he want a pet project at this point? He's 70 years old.
0: Right. Do you want to try and be responsible for, you know, whoever comes next? No a literal rebuild. Yeah. I mean, I think my answer to your question is you stick with your quarterback. I mean, you're looking at Russell Wilson's like, this isn't like a Kirk cousins where you can like debate how good this player is and how franchise altering this player is like, Say what you want about Russell Wilson. He's a generational talent. He's a top ten quarterback. He led the Seahawks their very first Super Bowl ever. You don't find Russell Wilson's every day. There's a plethora of untapped coaching talent out there, I think, more than there are readily available quarterbacks. I think you always choose I think you always choose the player.
1: and I mean to to take your point a little bit further, the Seahawks compete this year if it's Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and they hire Nathaniel Hackett. Pete yeah. Carroll's probably fine. Like Pete Carroll could probably get a job somewhere else if he wanted to, and he could go, he would, he would improve a coaching staff. There's no there's no doubt about that. Whatever he wanted to do, he would be good at it. But the Seahawks contend in the NFC West if they bring in a coach like Zach Taylor or Nathaniel Hackett or even I think like Rich Passaccia, like if you brought in a fresh face that maybe could approach the pieces differently, because I think sometimes things just get stale Yeah. and there's guys, you know, I think Mike Tomlin's a really good example of this. His team has always been able to compete. He's never had a losing record as a head coach, but were the Steelers going anywhere the last couple of seasons? No you know, because of the quarterback situation. So as good as your head coach is, it won't always make up for the discrepancies on the roster. So it's really interesting, you know, we I said it already, to see this, the Seahawks kind of mortgage the next three, four years of contention unless they just are throwing in the towel and saying, hey, we know the Rams, the Niners, and the Cardinals are going to be good for the next couple of years. Let's, let's get a head start on the rebuild and approach this thing in 2025 when they're yeah, the <laughs> yeah.
0: I just think it's very, I think it's a very interesting approach. And I, I, there's a lot of comparisons, I think, between the Seahawks and the Packers. I think there's also a world where you look at this and, and you say, Seahawks only got one ring out of Russell Wilson. Like yeah. is another, like again, parallel conversations between Rogers and him. And like, I don't say this, like I say this wholeheartedly, Rogers is a better quarterback, like no doubt. Um, but at the same time, like you have to ask, if you're going to ask questions about one franchise, I think you have to ask the same questions about the other.
1: Another example, and I don't want to completely just derail this, but it's such a good question that you asked the saints to me, you know, Drew Brees retires. And then Sean Payton's like, yeah, I'm out. (laughs) I tried the rebuild thing for a year. I saw what it was like to not have a hall of fame quarterback on the roster. I don't need to subject myself to this. If you're, I already used him as, a, as an example, but like Zach Taylor with Joe Burrow, that's that's a fun combination. This the Staley combination with Justin Herbert is another good one. Young coaches, if you have a quarterback that you can kind of come in and help develop, that's really lucky. If you are Matt Lafleur and you have a first ballot Hall of Famer that happens to land on your roster, that's also really lucky, and that Im- immediately improves your roster. But why would guys like? like Pete Carroll and Sean Payton just want to stick around and like watch their team go through mediocrity. Cause it affects their legacy as well as a head coach.
0: Yeah. yeah, no, it's, I I don't understand. And if you use that, that example too, you're saying like, well, Sean Payton was like, no, I've done this. I'm not doing this again. I'm going to go out with my quarterback and, um, and everyone would respect that decision. But I just think it's a really interesting choice in Seattle to stick with your head coach and your GM, quite frankly, who hasn't drafted very well over the last couple of years and made a really questionable Jamal Adams trade. Um, and then now you're looking at your, your quarterback's been, not as vocal as Aaron Rodgers was, but you know there's been rumblings that Russell Wilson's not happy in his situation. And I just think like the choice... It's just it's just an interesting choice to go with GM and head coach over it your is. over your quarterback. Um, and I am saying this really as like a, I'm not a fan of Russell Wilson. I, I'm not. I am. He's not. You're not even Wisconsin
1: fans, so you you don't have that homer bias either. No,
0: like I have literally nothing attached to him. I find him to be incredibly irritating, <laughs> um, to be quite honest with you. But I still. Nine out of ten times, honestly, would choose him over Coach GM combo. Like, I just would. Um, He is Mr. Unlimited, so. (laughs) So annoying. Uh, And then we got more
1: news today. We did. More quarterback news.
0: A couple hours ago before we started recording that the Colts are trading Carson Wentz to the Washington Commanders for two second-round picks and a third-round pick. Or they're yeah. swapping second round picks, and then the Colts are getting another second round pick and a third round pick. Yeah, and I think the third can like become a second. Depending on his snap count. I think the biggest thing here is that the Washington, I keep wanting to say football team. Me too. Uh, Commanders are taking on Carson Wentz's contract, twenty eight million dollars. So, if anything, I think the Colts win this trade because they're offloading twenty eight million dollars for a really subpar quarterback. Um I don't know what the heck Washington uh, like thinks. I, I just I don't. They make the most questionable decisions. Um, and this is just like Carson Wentz contract, hot potato at this point, like nobody wants to take on all of it. So they each take on like a small piece, um, as it depletes, but, um, yeah, go Colts. But now they also need a quarterback.
1: Yeah. I mean, and the, and the Colts put themselves in a good position. It was like a one-year rental. It's like, okay, this isn't going to work for us. Washington had a decent amount of cap space and they paid it all to Carson Wentz who you like at that point, you have to think he's going to start for them. If you rented him out and then you, whether you draft someone for a year, you know, and sits behind Wentz, whatever happens there, you think Carson Wentz has to probably play this year. And I know the Colts don't have a quarterback right now, but they have the most cap space, I think around the league. So that offloading really put them despite not having a first round pick this year in the draft they're in a good position to be able to go out and you know we do obviously have to talk about what we think is going to happen with Jordan Love but there's there's options right now in the market Jimmy G you know the thought is that he's going to be going somewhere Mitch Trubisky Marcus Mariota yeah the the Colts could find a a rental for one or two years and make that work I think until the draft class gets a little better at quarterback
0: yeah or they could also like I think a couple of these quarterbacks are going to fall into the second round. So if they wanted to, like, they could use one of their second round picks on someone because I don't think it's a very strong class. And, like, unless they really love, like, a Malik Willis or someone like that who they want to go up for, but now they have the ammunition in the second round to package some things up and move up if that's something they really want to do if he's falling. um I like the segue into Jordan Love because I've also been thinking about this. And to be honest with you, I don't know why everyone's first reaction was to talk about what happens with Jordan Love next. Like, I'm sorry. Do do you care? And again, I was on friend of the show, Graham Pils's radio show today, and he used a great analogy, which I'm going to now parrot back, which was if you're eating a PB and J sandwich in this scenario, Jordan loves the PB&J sandwich, and your roommate comes home and says, I smoked a prime rib, let's have this for dinner. You're not thinking, oh, shoot, what do I do with the PB&J sandwich I just made? You're thinking, okay, I'm just going to go eat this prime rib that my roommate brought home. And Aaron Rodgers is the prime rib, right? Like, you are always going to choose Aaron Rodgers in this scenario, especially back-to-back MVP Super Bowl contention, Aaron Rodgers playing at his high level. Like you, there is no, there's no choice. Even if you think Jordan Love might be it, he's not proven yet. And you're going to go and you're going to extend your window with Aaron Rodgers two years. I don't think the Packers need to make a move with Love yet. I think that they can keep him for another year and develop him. And maybe he gets more reps. I do think that there's a world where because of this QB market that we're talking about, because it's so, depleted that like maybe someone would overpay for a Jordan Love and the Packers could get something like better in return right now but I don't think there's any reason to make any kind of move
1: yeah no I agree 100 and you know if if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt it's do you think Jordan Love and Kirk Benker can save your season and that's not to disrespect them it's just saying you know Aaron Rodgers is a first ballot Hall of Famer, back-to-back MVP quarterback. There's not many players in the NFL that could come in and save your season at that point if you don't have Aaron Rodgers on the roster. So I I agree with you that I think maybe the market for Jordan gets a little bit more interesting now, just knowing the desperation of some teams to to potentially find a quarterback and knowing how – This quarterback class is not deep past maybe the first and a little bit of the second round. So if a team was willing to give the Packers a second round, knowing kind of what their cap situation is like, maybe they take a gamble on another cheap contract for four years instead of having to worry about Jordan Love. But I just I don't see the need for them to do anything with him unless the offer is something that's too good for them to refuse. And they don't have to make that decision for at least a couple of years. So, right.
0: Yeah. I and I do. I don't think it's right either to be saying, "Oh, this was a wasted pick," because it wasn't a wasted pick at the time. Aaron Rodgers wasn't playing the way that he is. He's thirty-seven years old, and smart franchises always have a, a quarterback that they can lean on if need be. And you look at—I mean, you look at all these other franchises that we're talking about right now. The Steelers never had a plan past Big Ben. The Saints never had a plan, really, you know, past Drew Brees. And whatever option they chose, like, it's not, I mean, it's not working out for them. And again, that doesn't mean that Jordan Love was ever going to work out. But at the time, the Packers said, he's high enough on our board. Our quarterback is 37. And I think we need to get somebody in here. And I think it was the right decision still. Even if he never plays a snap in Green Bay, I don't think you can look at this from the hindsight's 2020, right? Like, if they had known that Aaron Rodgers was gonna end up having the seasons that he's had since then, sure, of course, but nobody has a crystal ball. So I do hope that Jordan does get like an opportunity at some point, whether it's in Green Bay or not, to start and like really show what he can do because I think you and I have talked about this a ton where like just so often quarterbacks get put into this like weird purgatory and they never actually really get a, a good chance. And I don't want that to happen to him because I they, they think he deserves it. But I don't, I don't look at this pick and just say, Oh Packers messed up because also first round picks don't pan out. Even if they're not quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say if one more freaking Bears fan gets on Twitter and says, ha ha, you wasted George, like your first round pick, hasn't does anyone
0: remember Kevin White? <laughs> like, come on. I'm the over Bears it. can't talk about anything quarterback related. Their last pick at 10 that they use on a quarterback is a backup in Buffalo right now. So like, come on. Um, yeah. So I think it's – I mean, it's interesting. I understand, like, the thought process right now given the market for quarterbacks and that that also means, like, if people are talking about Jordan Love getting traded to be a starter, that means somebody thinks Jordan Love is a starter. So the Packers did make a good pick because somebody else wants him. So it's interesting. I just don't think that the Packers are going to make any type of move because they don't really need to. And they always have his fifth-year option, and I think – if anything, you always want a good backup option.
1: Yeah, and I mean, right now the Packers are in a both-and situation. They don't have to – there's so many quarterbacks right now that would kill to have one quarterback on their roster that they have, you know, some confidence in. And the Packers are sitting with Aaron Rodgers saying, we either have a backup that we are continuing to develop, who Matt LaFleur likes, the locker room likes, they believe in him, you know, as far as having him on their roster – or you can trade him for assets, but there's a lot of teams right now that don't have a starting quarterback or a backup quarterback. So it's just it's kind of funny that the Packers are in this situation of talking about wasteful when you know the the worst time to to need a quarterback is what we're seeing from all these teams right now, like the Steelers and the Bucks and
0: even the Colts
1: and the Colts, They're
0: yeah, rent a QB, yeah, that'd be so. fun game, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So now, I mean, I don't think that this changed anything about what the Packers needs in the draft at all. Agreed. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see what moves they make in terms of, like, cap for free agency and, like, who's going to be available in free agency. But I don't think this has really changed all that much. And I think maybe it hasn't changed all that much in my mind because I always was under the assumption that Rodgers and Adams were going to be back.
1: Yeah, same. Uh, Somebody, I think it was, it was probably Jacob Westendorf had retweeted an article today about uh, Ray Ray McLeod as as a special team option. And that's kind of where I'm leaning. If I see the Packers making any type of splash in free agency, a guy like Zay Jones, somebody that can kind of round out the wide receiver room if you don't get maybe MVS back if somebody wants to pay for a burner, which I don't know if MBS has a market right now after the way the draft class performed at the Combine with all those speedsters. But Zay Jones knows Rich Basaccia. He plays special teams for him. So just that's kind of that's kind of where I'm leaning right now. If they can go get themselves a really nice returner before you know the draft, then you just have options when you get to the draft as well.
0: I do love that. So do you think that the Packers try to bring back Like an Alan Lazard or even a Robert Tunyon?
1: I think Lazard for sure as a restricted free agent. And I could see the the Packers like putting an offer out for Tunyon, but knowing kind of what the market looks like right now with so many guys getting tagged, I, I could also see them going, you know, for a different vet. I think we talked about this last week or the week before. If if Tanyan prices himself out of Green Bay or if he just wants to test the market elsewhere, which I think if Rodgers is back, you know, Tanyan wants to be back. But guys like Evan Ingram, you know, the Packers always have like their short list of players that they've had interest in before that maybe didn't work out initially that they would come back around for. So I think tight end is definitely going to be a priority because I just am not
0: sure that Josiah DeGuarra can be like the guy as the face of that room. I mean, even if Josiah DeGuarra does make a jump and can be the guy, the Packers use multiple tight end sets very often and rely on them for multiple different things. So they're going to need to replenish that room with talent, regardless of, of, like Josiah DeGuarra could become Kyle Pitts and they're still going to need to to add talent there. So, and he's certainly not, you know, there's going to be someone who needs to step in into that like Mercedes Lewis role. Um, cause I don't know what's happening there, but you know, you haven't heard anything. So it's probably not, not great. Um, and they're going to need someone. And I think this is also a really fun tight end class in the draft. There's a, it's really deep. Um, and they seem to. There seems to be a bunch of guys who are super talented and super well rounded as well. So I can see Matt Lafleur like wanting to grab somebody um, in the draft. Yeah.
1: Really quick before we wrap up today's show, because I know we like to keep these a little bit shorter. Um, before we have actual football to talk about, you mentioned Mercedes Lewis a little bit already about you know whether or not he comes back. Do you think there's a world where with Aaron Rodgers coming back, we see Randall Cobb in Green Bay this year?
0: Honestly, is it crazy that I hope so? I don't think that's crazy at all. Like I, I think Randall Randall Cobb still has juice. Like he still got the juice, and before he got hurt, I think what the the question comes down to is his health. Like that that I think is it because before he got hurt, he was contributing like pretty hardcore, and it's not his fault that Aaron Rodgers didn't throw him the ball in the divisional round. So I I kind of hope so because I think he'd also come back on a very team friendly deal.
1: Yeah, I think if you've got Randall Cobb, Devonte Adams, Alan Lazard, and then let's say a rookie draft pick and Amari Rogers as wide receiver four or five, I think your, your room's setting up pretty, pretty nicely, especially knowing, you know, the hands that A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones both have, and then, you know, whatever happens with your tight end group. So we will have fun discussing all of those things in the coming weeks. We said we were going to talk about the combine, kind of wrap that up this week, but then, you know, the NFL just completely exploded and quarterbacks are everywhere. So that was a little bit more pressing. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll free agencies next week. So we're gonna have to talk about that too and see what happens. But thank you as always for listening to the show. You can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J Loney, follow the podcast on Twitter at PWSS podcast, or follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitch at Packs which she said, and as always go pack. Go.
0: And Joe-